Hi guys, this is Mike Young with Noble Warriors, and I want to welcome you to the Noble Man Podcast. This is episode 15. The noble man is connected with some wise guys. You know, I often say that every man needs some wise men in his life to help him sort through the challenges, the the ups and downs, the, the goods and the bads of life. And so this entire month, we're going to be focused on the theme of the noble man being connected. So uh, what I wanted to do was give you an experience with some guys that I hang out with on Friday mornings. I've been meeting with some of these guys for almost 15 years. We call ourselves wise guys. I uh, I write on the receipt for my bagel and my cup of coffee every Friday morning that this is a wise guys meeting. And so I've been blessed by hanging out with some guys to do life with me for a number of years. So uh, I threw my production guy, Todd Christian, a huge, huge mess last night when I said, hey, why don't we just invite these guys to come to the Noble Warriors office instead of going to Panera? Let's set up the microphones and let's do the podcast as essentially a live version of our wise guys meeting. And so that's just what we did. So you're going to hear some background noise. There may be some times when you hear some shuffling on the table or something like that. But guys, I want you to be part of a conversation that I had with three other guys. One fellow was missing, but three other guys who are part of my wise guys group on Friday mornings. So I'd invite you to just pull up a chair, listen in on our conversation and hear what it sounds like to be connected with some men who are pursuing God and encouraging each other in that pursuit. Let's listen in. Yeah, so uh, this is a group that I call Wise Guys. Instead of calling it a small group or an accountability group, I just, uh, all the time, I say I'm going to meet with my Wise Guys. Mm. And so tell me what your experience has been in meeting with small groups of men or accountability groups. What are the pros? What are the cons? What... uh, what have you learned? What's valuable? Just tell a little bit about your experience. I think there's so many different aspects of small groups. It really, the personalities of the characters mm-hmm. really make a difference. Uh, what you're concentrating on, because we were in a small group down at Dallas Theological, and we had books that we worked through each semester. And, uh, you know, they were very, uh, we did homework and we talked about some of the homework. But, and that, that's one format yeah. that is valuable, absolutely. <clears throat> there's Bible studies, small groups, uh, but there's uh, groups that you're doing life on life and trying to really grab experiences from one another and find out where you are in your, your walk. And I find that that's really the key element of all of it. I mean, obviously, biblically-centered, uh, gospel-centered, uh, using the word, but having a forum, a gathering, a time where you can all just say how you feel, say what's going on in your life, share with what is important and uh, what is going on at that moment. Um, and so it's a connectedness. It's the, uh, it's the time together. It's the time that we're talking about the things that we talk about that's going on in our lives that is, is important. And I think this whole time during COVID has been very interesting because it's taken a piece of that away yeah. from not just us, but everyone. And I think that there's an isolation factor that is dangerous. And I know we can talk about that more, but um, just being disconnected shows you how important it is to be reconnected and connected on yeah. a regular basis. Good. Yeah, I think the value for me is having a safe place to go that because I, I don't have, I've never had marriage figured out from the start. <laughs> and so. Going and meeting with you guys and being able just to say, you know, just be real and transparent about 
this is what I messed up this past week. What you know, and so just learning from each other. Yeah. Um, so probably that's that's the number one because I've been in, involved in small groups where we haven't really gotten to a real personal level. So you, I've walked away from small groups week to week, going I feel just as lonely, you know, going into this one as I do going out. So that's there wasn't any value to it. So. That's been the value here is just yeah. just being real with parenting, with marriage, with work, with mm. joys, <laughs> celebrations, just sharing all of life. Yeah, I agree with that, and I <clears throat> I think it's your your last sentence about parenting and different aspects of marriage. I mean, we've been doing this for so long now; we've actually kind of been through the cycles yeah. of <clears throat> youngly married to have, you know kids who are young to kids who are teenagers to now kids who are getting married, mm-hmm. and just talking through all those issues with each other is pretty cool. But <clears throat> I think the other thing about this that I appreciate it kind of goes back to what Chris said is certainly we pray, certainly we open the Word of God while we're here. But um, it's not a forced, if you don't get the study done before you show Mm -hmm. up to the group, you know, you're chastised because you didn't get it done or, you know, you couldn't keep up with it or whatever. And then um, sometimes I think that regiment also forces, you know, debate in the group about, Mm -hmm. you know, what what is this Bible study really about or what's it saying? And um, so it's. I really appreciate this this dynamic, and I think it has the right balance of the spiritual component to it, but also just the camaraderie and helping one another, sharing each other's burdens, sharing stories with each other is really important. Yeah, So, no doubt. I agree 100%. Yeah, so, so what's cool with to me about this is... Um, I, I, I think, from a noble warrior's perspective, churches have a hard time seeing the value in this because it's not raw Bible study. I mean, we're not we're not studying the book of Galatians. And so it's the church doesn't know how to affirm this sometimes. The church doesn't know how to um, encourage this even. And and so I think ultimately what what guys need to do is just start connecting. And maybe it starts as a raw, Bible study or book study, <clears throat> but the goal is to get to know each other well enough mm-hmm. that you know what's going on in each other's lives, and you know what questions to ask that are real, mm-hmm. and so we're ending up talking about real things. So I, I think it would be really cool for us to just kind of make a trip around the circle and say where we are in life. How long have you been married? What's going on? What's Because we've all kind of hit some milestones lately with some family dynamics, some things going on, and so we get to celebrate with each other, we get to commiserate with each other, um, we get to um, challenge each other. So, uh, Mike, you had a pretty cool thing happen just this past, what, within the last seven days uh, with your family. So, tell what's going on with your crew right now. Uh, we've, I've got three kids, been married for 26 years, and, um, and I've got two boys and a girl, um, 24, and then the twins are, are 22. So our youngest son got engaged this past Sunday, so we've got Ooh. both our boys engaged, yeah. and they'll be married within the next 12 months. So wow. 12, yeah, 12 months. On the same weekend? 
They got engaged on the same weekend. Yeah. No, no, no. He, the oldest got engaged about a month ago. Okay. It was yeah. all over the news and everything. Yeah. <laughs> COVID engagement. Just, yeah. just the way you said it, it sounded like it was the same weekend. No, no, no. They're going to get married fairly quickly, I think. So that's that's fun and exciting. And there's a lot going on right now. It's probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would think as a group, we're for short engagements, and let's go ahead and get the get to the marriage, right? Certainly understand that. <laughs> They're certainly following that track right now. Yeah, there you go. Trending. Good. What's going on in your life, Aaron? Oh, I um, <laughs> so I think the most ever present thing in my my mind here lately is we've lived we've moved up here 15 years ago or so, and lived in the same house and. For whatever reason decided we were gonna go house shopping and so we just mm. decided to to sign a contract on a house this week so really exciting but at the same time it's kind of forced some interesting conversations about priorities and investment and you know seeking guidance from God and prayer and um, you know it's it, you're, you're taking a risk right and uh, moving and uh, building and all of that kind of stuff. So it's forced some good conversations with Darcy and I and kind of reset our priorities. And I told I told her, I said, hey, this is a big move and, you know, we're going to be challenged, you know, financially, the stresses of building a house, all of those things. And no more than we signed the contract, our air conditioner broke in our house. <laughs> <clears throat> and I told Darcy, I said, see, told you so. <laughs> this, this, How did she respond? Yeah, she said, yeah, no kidding. And, um, you know, we just kind of laughed about it. And, you know, it's like this, this is one of those things where you, you go pour all your money into a deposit and then all of a sudden you got a $5,000 AC repair. But thankfully it ended up only being, you know, 120 bucks and no big deal. But, you know, it's just, it's, it, it just, we had the conversation, then the air conditioner broke and I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about, you know, um, so it, it was kind of a good good discussion and you know to me it's a good point in our marriage but we're excited um one of the things we want to do probably for the next 15 years is just have a nice place for to encourage our kids and their wives and so forth to come back home and visit us yeah and that's kind of one of our objectives and then we'll if we can hold on to the house that long great and we'll downsize and Maybe we'll move to the villages in Florida or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> well, you guys have got the whole thing mapped out. You know, mm. not quite. Mm. <laughs> with that one. You guys have, you're pretty invested with your neighbors. You know some yep. folks pretty well there, yep. and you've got ministry relationships and all there. So that in itself is a, is a transition point and kind of thinking through yep. what does that mean, new opportunities for relationships and all. Yep. Yeah, and I, we actually talked a little bit about that too. That we're going to miss the neighbors. We have a good dynamic, a group of people that get together and sit around bonfires and all of that. Um, and uh, you know, there's some f- folks who have come and gone, and folks who have been there as long as we have. So, but we just said, hey, you know, we're going to go out and develop new relationships in a new neighborhood, and you can always move. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> move back. Always move yeah, back. move back. Exactly. Yeah. Just tell uh, Darcy that things usually happen in threes. So yeah. this, this air conditioning was only the first step. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> uh, Chris, you yeah. just had a milestone. We did. Yeah, we did. Our daughter, our twenty-four-year-old daughter, just got married. 
and uh, it was very interesting. It was one of those um, micro weddings slash engagement or not again um, uh, elopement. Elopements, yeah. Yes. So she had uh, just the circumstances worked out that she had uh, she was supposed to be married on June sixth originally with about one hundred twenty five people, and then of course everything changed and uh, she rescheduled for July third. And then uh, we just found out that the governor has um, said that they can now have 250 people. So she yeah. could have had it on the third, but she they wanted to get married. They're ready. She, you know, no nonsense. Actually, it really was. It worked out beautifully. So she got married June 6th, uh, just 13 people there, her, um, our family and the Grant family uh, and just the immediate mm -hmm. families. The grandparents watched it on uh, TV wow. or on the computer. Somebody was on, my son was uh, live streaming it. So... Yeah, they're happily married. They're uh, on their second, third vacation since they got married because they both go back to work uh, mid-July. But uh, <laughs> we've moved them into the place in South Carolina, and they are ready to roll. So, wow. But we're in that place right now kind of with all of you. Uh, we have a son who's 26 uh, and three daughters, uh, 24, 22, 20. And um, we're navigating that very interesting time. We're kind of stuck in between... The children, uh, the dynamics of the twenty-somethings right now, and uh, the senior adults. Uh, we've got my mother, who's ninety-one, uh, living with us, and uh, she is in good health. Um, but just uh, she's now with us full time. And then my in-laws live next door, who are uh, eighty-nine and ninety-one. And my mother-in-law, um, sadly, she's got uh, Alzheimer's. But um, great folks, and they're looking out for each other, and we're there to be able to do that. But navigating between the two is is is, is a, it's a challenge. It's it's tricky because we're dealing with all the stuff of uh, young adults' uh, lives and the drama that's associated with all that, and trying to keep them or encourage them at least uh, as a, as adults to stay the stay the course, uh, live the faith, uh, the foundation that they have been uh, brought up in. Um, but they're being, you know, they're being pulled at in every di different direction. And just the culture that we live in right now is very um, uh, toxic and, and challenging. So uh, we, we pray a lot. And for uh, the uh, older folks, we're trying to appease and encourage and, and comfort, but yet uh, trying to maintain our lives, our marriage, our uh, commitment uh, is so crucial. And it's a delicate balance. And there, we do struggle. Yeah. And you know, we struggle with trying to appease them and encourage them and sometimes it's difficult and likewise on the other end and uh, I think our biggest prayer request for ourselves right now is just peace mm -hmm. peace in the midst of this walk it's like walking between two things and um, we're now we'll be celebrating our 28th uh, anniversary tomorrow so uh, good stuff cool yeah, yeah we're, mm -hmm. we're figuring it out we still haven't figured out the whole marriage thing yet <laughs> and the reality is you're only a few years from having your kids take care of you amen right? exactly. <laughs> but that concerns me in light of how I feel about our 20-somethings that concerns me deeply <laughs> wow <laughs> we'll figure it out well it's interesting the timeline on the marriage because Stacy and I uh, celebrated 28 years last weekend Ooh. we went away last weekend Ooh. to uh she wanted to go to the beach, but it's hard to find a place and, and all this stuff. So we ended up going to Stanton and stayed at a little hotel there and uh, just hung out in the in the little nice. town of Stanton and, and uh, enjoyed that environment, um, which did some hiking and everything. So so that was fun. But um, so we've been married for 28 years. We have four kids. Uh, the oldest is married and serving uh, in the Army in Hawaii. That was a very uh, quick uh, he met her on Veterans Day in 2018, uh, so that was like November the 11th time frame, 
and was married September the 1st of the following year. So it was a quick dating and uh, short engagement, and they were married and off to Hawaii. And uh, so then we've got a 21-year-old, 19-year-old sons, uh, so two sons who are college age that are have been at home because of the COVID thing more than they expected and more than we expected. Mm-hmm. So um, that whole thing has been wonderful, but just like you guys with the changing dynamics and all of this, uh, there are... I, I said the other night at the dinner table, man, I just need a striped shirt and a whistle because it's <laughs> the tension sometimes gets pretty crazy um, as the kids play their mom and she gets frustrated and uh, there's there's never enough cereal in the house. I don't know how they eat boxes and boxes of cereal and, and other stuff. It's just kind of fun to watch all of that. But uh, we also have a daughter who's a rising high school sophomore and so... Um, She's a busy young lady as well. But the dynamics that and experiences that we've dealt with, I mean, we've talked about when when do kids get cell phones? How do you manage <laughs> cell phone time? And how do you teach them how to drive? We've been through all of that together. We've um, answered questions. We've challenged each other. We have um, been through financial mm. scenarios with each other, job loss, job changes, restructuring uh we've been through sin patterns we've been through all kinds of things and it is i think awesome to have a group of guys where i I often describe this as i can usually tell how someone walks into we normally meet at panera Mm -hmm. and you can usually tell by whether or not someone's walking in with their head up or their head down (laughs) what their week has been like and so we know enough to ask the questions and say hey, what's going on in your life? Um, and so that makes all the difference, I think. And that that doesn't happen. I, I think part of what I love about this is that as I talk about having a group of guys like this, other folks say, man, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I, I think most people want to start where we are, mm-hmm. but that's not where you start. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you get to this level of engagement, knowledge, camaraderie, value in a relationship. I think about Ecclesiastes 4 where it says, pity the man who who stumbles and falls and has no one to help him up. I mean, mm-hmm. we all need some some guys around us to help us with that. So how do you get here? What does the path look like? Somebody speak to that. I, I think first you've, you've got to have a, a desire and a strong want to have that in your life because it doesn't just naturally happen. People don't just naturally call you and say, hey, let's get together and have a small group. You have to be intentional about reaching out to one or two or three guys and say, hey, you guys interested in just getting together and grabbing coffee on whatever morning? And So you just have to start. Yeah. I've been through multiple. I mean, some of them have been really good. Some of them have just kind of dissolved over you know, in six weeks. But you just keep going after it. So... Don't expect perfection right off the top, and don't expect. I had to learn that. I had to lower my expectations that I can't just have three close, intimate guys in one week. And finally, his expectations got so low that we were. Yeah, yeah, I settled for you guys. But number two, when you do get into a small group, I think it's important to be transparent. Yeah, you know, so. You, you can't 
you can't expect to be real close until you you're willing to to take the risk and let some guys in yeah i was thinking the same thing i think the three things that come to mind are commitment and everyone here knows i'm not about perfect attendance but there's a difference between commitment and perfect attendance you're doing much um but there's commitment there's transparency but you can't have transparency if you don't have some level of secrecy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so if you're being accountable in some way, you're, you're sharing each other's hearts, <clears throat> um, you have to have some level of secrecy. And if you're hearing from your wife that her friend told her your story, that's, mm-hmm. no, that's no good. Not right? So there's secrecy to that, <clears throat> but in the, in the coming weeks, uh, I hope to talk to our wives about the value that they see in this. Um, and so speak to this, uh, the idea, do your kids know <clears throat> that on Friday mornings you're meeting with some guys? And, and what do they say about that? And does your wife know, does your wife know where you are right now and what you're doing? <laughs> and what does she say about that? Um, and how does that influence what's going on here? From my perspective, yes. I, I, the more I watch my kids, the more I realize that they're p- pattern followers more than anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know, for example, my oldest regularly gets together in a, in a Bible study group and hangs out with a group of guys and regularly attends church even though he's away yeah Um, Mm -hmm. that's good and so in my mind you know those are patterns that he's adopted and i haven't had to say you know you need to do this really i think it's adopted based on experience so that's a good point yeah and as far as my wife i mean i think she appreciates this she sees the value in it and um yeah, mm. is thankful for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. My my children as well. I, I agree with that whole thing because they do watch and they observe and they do uh, hopefully um, at least replicate the good things. And uh, three of our our three daughters are all involved with small groups or have been uh, recently and at some levels. Two of them are remote through um, Zoom and whatnot because yeah. of the whole virus. But um, one of them was meeting. Uh, pretty regularly. Morgan, now she'll have to find a new place to start meeting down in South Carolina. But I know for Lee, uh, it's a big, um, it's a piece of the puzzle that's been taken, or a piece of the responsibility that's been taken off her shoulders to a degree. Wow. Because uh, she values uh, the importance of us being together and having that accountability, secrecy type level because for the longest time you know if I was struggling I would confess to her and and talk to her and you know it's one thing to talk to your wife with that stuff that you're struggling with but after a while it it can be almost burdensome and uh, Mm -hmm. to have guys to be talking about uh, at that level is um, she knows it's it's a relief for her in one respect and also to know that uh, we have that relationship where we can do that which is very vital and very um, good for our marriage and for us as a group of guys to know where we are standing and what we're dealing with. Yeah. So. Cool. My kids, all of them know that I, I do this and they've known it for years. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it gets kind of comical sometimes in the middle of a week if something happens. I remember my daughter one time saying, so are you going to talk to the guys on, at Panera on Friday night about this? Or Friday morning about this? So it's gotten to be kind of comical. And all of them, like your kids, are, are plugged into other guys, um, which I'm just grateful for because, like you said, Aaron, you can't. You can't force them or kind of dictate, this is what you need to be doing, but mm. when you model it, it really is more impactful. And my wife is, I mean, she's sold on this for years. Um, and, and our families know each other, yeah. and, and so it, it helps, too, knowing that, you know, so for years, they know that they, we're not coming together and bashing our kids or anything like that. They know this is an encouragement, uh, encouragement, encouraging time because we want to be better dads. We want, want to be better husbands. So I think, and they see the fruit of that. I know, yeah. I know Kelly does, mm-hmm. my wife. Indeed. You know, I have a story that I, I tell it sometimes in various uh, circles about <laughs> Zach going through a, a particularly stressful scenario when he was in high school. And, uh, there, there's some things going on in his life, and and so we talked about it, and I said, well, what what are you, what are you going to do about this, Zach? And he said, well, I need to tell some people, I need to have some conversations, and so he, I said, so who do you need to talk to? And so he was going to talk to the youth pastor and some others, and just go through a process of confession and 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 processing things, and then, and then he said, and Dad, I probably need to be meeting with some guys mm-hmm. because I know you meet with some guys, and so it's been really cool for me to watch. Um, both my older sons, it took a while, but even, I mean, when they were in high school, uh, Tim hang, uh, hung out with Michael quite a bit, mm-hmm. and so they had a great relationship. Zach spent a lot of time with um, Ryan, Ryan. And, and so they had a great relationship. But as they go away from home and they have to forge these new paths and develop these new relationships, they were, even as young men, intent on doing that because they saw the value of it mm-hmm. and um so we're just thankful that that modeling like you're talking about they're following the pattern because they see the value of it and um i think this is one of the things we need to be talking about at home is the value of having these relationships so that others see it and want it i think you know kind of Stepping into the whole Noble Warriors piece of this, that's part of what the church needs to be talking about is mm-hmm. men connected are healthier than men disconnected. Mm-hmm. And and so we have to encourage that. Um, and I know my wife will often say, well, you, you just need to get together with you guys because I'm, I'm kind of done with you. And, and, you know, so they value this outlet. Mm-hmm. And um, I would even say, thinking about, Tim now being married, Michael soon to be married, and David and um, Zach, you're more getting married to Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, you know, we've been in couples small groups, but man, even as young couples, we need to still be connected with guys because they're guys that things things that guys can talk about that don't get talked about in mixed company absolutely and i think also uh you know we've talked about the accountability aspect which is important in the sharing of life but it's also the sharing of wisdom because sometimes we're just faced with some really challenge you know big challenges that we just don't know what to do with and either you've gone through it or you'll go through it you know the word and you can bring all of that on the table and and be you know quite frank about it i know mike uh, michael's been or mike you've been quite frank with us about certain things in our our perspectives Mm -hmm. and that's been valuable it's it's difficult but it's also extremely valuable, and uh, that is uh, an important part of the piece. Because if you're sitting, I mean, most guys are isolated. 
They're at home. They go to church on Sunday morning. They never meet. They never talk about these things. They may not even be in the Word. And as a result, they're they're limping along. Yeah. And that's just not the way God designed it to be. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the dynamics of this for a little bit, because um, if you were to see our group at Panera, um, we have Bibles, but sometimes they're not even opened on a Friday morning. And that would make a lot of heavily churched people that would make the church ladies scream and dance around that you how do you how do you call this a men's small group and you and you you you're not studying a passage of scripture tell me what you think that looks like what role does the bible play in this and is it are we just getting together for a social event or is this bibliocentric and is christ honored in our gathering what are your thoughts about that well, here's a typical Aaronism. <laughs> Did Jesus and the 12 disciples carry around Bibles? I mean, you know, I, I, I know Jesus was God and he was with the 12 disciples, but I don't think they were all carrying around Bibles, cracking them open all the time, right? And I, um, I, I sometimes I just think that when we carry the bias that getting together like this has to be a Bible study and we need to have a little guidebook and an outline and all that stuff, that it does not perpetuate the real conversation between each other. And I typically find, and Mike, you tend to tend to lead it other, Mike Lucas tends to lead it too, but I typically find that in the course of conversation, we turn to scripture mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, and have you know discussion about you know whatever's read or you know somebody brings up another passage based on a passage somebody else brought up but i love that uh, organic mm-hmm. um experience and if you're regularly attending church you've got the the systematic routine yeah. experience so it's good to to mix it up with different experiences yeah. absolutely I think it's, you know, oftentimes when groups gather together, it's all about, well, what do you think about this? And what's your opinion about this? And our opinions are important. But we do always go back, you know, especially, Mike, when you're leading, you'll say, well, what does the Word say about this? Or what does the Scripture say about this? And, you know, we're, we all bring it in at some level, Dustin especially, too. But what, um, you know, what is, we need to go back to the source. We need to go back. And that's what we had a conversation last night with the kids around the table. And we said, there are a lot of opinions that are prevailing right now. And there's a lot of very persuasive opinions that are prevailing. And and they are, they're vying to pull you away from uh, from a a Christocentric, gospel-centered truth. um, truth. And uh, we need to always, my wife and I were saying, but we need to go back to the Word. What does the Word say about this? What is... God's what's God's opinion on this and what's God's directive on this and that is uh, something we always do so it's not may not be a Bible study per se that we're going through you know line by line verse by verse but we do bring it back to the source and that is absolutely essential because that's the only truth that stands yeah and will ever stand yeah and I think the the foundation of 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 each one of us individually is we're in the word routinely mm-hmm. al- already and so we're you know, we've got six days a week where we're either working or with family or whatever, and we are in the, in the Word every morning, most mornings, um, journaling, praying, you know, walking with the Lord day in and day out, and then we come here and we, we wrestle through application, what, yeah. you know, what happened this week, and that's yeah. kind of where we start. And so, and then on occasion, and 
fairly routinely, someone's going to bring up, you know, this is what I wrestled with this week yeah. in the Word. Mm-hmm. Or you'll ask the question, so what do you read in the Word? So it, it's it's not solely 100% in here, mm. but we're already walking with the Lord, and we're, we're just wrestling with what that looks like on a day, day-to-day application, week-after-week basis. Mm. And, and, you know, I think we learn a lot from each other. Like, for example, I'm, I've got a Bible that I just started reading a few months ago, and I, you know, I start with a new Bible and begin to mark it up. And some time ago, you mentioned as you're reading through Psalms, you kept seeing steadfast love, steadfast love, and got hung on the Lord's steadfast love for us. Well, I double underline every time I find mm. steadfast love. Hmm. Because what you said that one morning struck me that it... it you can't interrupt his love for us. There's nothing that we can do that takes that away. And and so the value of shared experience, shared revelation mm-hmm. is huge in in all of this. That you know, we might someone read an article and bring it and and ask a question or um or something of that nature and um so that's it it's it's been awesome. Now I, I will say just for the sake of the listener here that I think this pump needs to be primed mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And so there was a time where we went through some books, like we've we've been through The Man in the Mirror together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 24 Problems, I think the subtitle is That Every Man Must Face or something like that. And, and boy, when he talks about identity, when Pat Morley talks about identity and future and finances and... Having a resource like that, that kind of pushes us through a whole series of questions, Mm -hmm. gets us to the point where we know enough about each other for the conversation to become real. Mm -hmm. And and so I often describe that as uh, like the little um, spring-loaded cars that we all played with as kids. Sometimes when you're doing something like this intentionally, you've got to load the spring, and so Going through a book like that together for a period of time just kind of it, it kind of loads the spring so that when you let the car go it can go by itself for a long time mm-hmm. as you have the next level conversations about all of those various elements of life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. Now let me let me bring up another issue. Um, so occasionally I'll get some criticism about the fact that we are four guys who are in fairly uh, similar places in life. So why aren't we engaged with other people, other um, demographics, other folks at different stages of life? Um, and so I, I'm curious, what other small groups are you part of or what other relationships do you have where you're connected with other groups? Because this is not our only place to be involved in ministry. Mm-hmm. So where are you involved elsewhere that gives you an opportunity to have broader exposure in different ways? Is that a fair question? Absolutely. I think one thing you have to uh, you have neglected is Dustin is part of our group. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he I'm is sorry. at a slightly different place. His yeah. kids are much younger than ours are. So it is kind of neat to see how he's... Uh, and to be able to pour into him, it kind of gives us a great... Uh, he's got an incredible uh, testimony. He's yeah. got a, a great base. But uh, it's neat to kind of see where this, the struggles that we've been through, we can speak to and listen to him uh, in his... Uh, so that I think the value of having a multi-generational or just different uh, is important. 
But there's, it's a both and, I hate to say, it, yeah. because um, we are involved with a small group uh, from our former church. Uh, that's about 10 of us that we meet. Um, well, we haven't been meeting as much with the virus, yeah. but we're getting back to meeting. Because we, uh, we wanted to branch out and go in different directions, but God has brought us back together because we're all in this place together. And we're doing a book, uh, kind of uh, loosely with a book yeah. uh, about um, relating to adult children, subtitled being something, uh, learn to keep your mouth shut and uh, put, out, put out the <laughs> How's door, that working doormat. <laughs> it's impossible, but uh, I'd love to say that we're doing better, but I think we're going to be more meeting for prayer than anything because yeah. <laughs> we're all at the same place and we all need this. So we've kind of rebanded if that's such a word, and uh, we are in need of that. But at our uh, church that we attend, uh, Redemption Hill in Richmond, we, uh, are, we're in a small group on this side of the uh, river, and um, it was great. We were the oldest couple, Lee and I, and it was so, uh, there were a lot of young couples just getting married, just having kids, and it was so neat to be able to mentor, speak into their life. They you know, would ask us questions, and we'd be able to respond, and we felt uh, there was a value there that was... Um, important yeah so I, it's really a both end because we are at the same places and we need wisdom now for our lives application but we can also be in a, a larger or a group that's more diverse in all sorts of aspects so that we can address some of the larger uh, things and we can speak to and be mentored or mentor is both a value and um, so they're both important yeah yeah mm-hmm. I I've shared this with you guys before, but <clears throat> I get together with you guys on Friday. But every other day of the week, I get together with a bunch of other folks at Starbucks. And there's from different walks of life and different age ranges. And I've been doing that with these folks for, I don't know, the whole time I've been here, probably close to 15 years. And there's different members of the group have come and gone, but there's kind of a core group that's that's been there. But I think even though they're not coming together in any spiritual intent at all there is an exchange of ideas um there is opportunities for me to share the truth without Mm -hmm. quoting scripture Mm. there's an opportunity for for me to challenge you know uh, worldviews which and 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 it goes the other way it comes back at me too and um i just think in our culture that one of the challenges is that we're not doing that. Mm. (laughs) And so when we're getting together with different types of people from different walks of life um, who, you know, don't necessarily go to my church or follow my faith, you can exchange ideas and impact people and um, develop relationships and have people ask you questions. And I've been able to slip in even more spiritual statements over the years. And then I, in my work life, I just got got together with three guys from my team. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we, we had a conversation, and one of the questions that got asked was, um, you know, about the, the monuments and whether or not we should be tearing these monuments down or not. And... Um, I decided to respond by saying that in my Christian worldview, we shouldn't be putting monuments up with regard to any man, Mm. that the only person who should be worshipped is God. Mm. And so I said, when I look at it from that point of view, I don't really care about any monument. Mm. And um, there was kind of silence at the table. (laughs) But I got to say that God is more important than any man. And this is 
this is all going to be dust at some point. Yeah. No matter no matter what. So it was an interesting mm. and fun discussion. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> well, you also work with the Commonwealth, Commonwealth Legislative Prayer Breakfast. So you yeah. have a small group of folks that you're involved with. Um, I, I, most of those are professionals that are involved yep. in pulling off that event each year. So that's another small group that I know that is broad context yep. that you're part of as well. Yeah, it's a group I've been in for 10 years. Nice thing about that, it, it is very diverse. Yeah. Um, man, woman, uh, there's ethnic diversity there. Uh, different faiths yeah. um, perspectives and, and so that's really cool but we've been working together for 10 years so we've all got to know each other well and um, we put together that event and it yeah. you know, drives a different you know, kind of understanding of each other Right, <clears throat> cool So when Kelly and I were young marrieds we were involved in a newly, nearly married class and so and there was probably 12 couples that we all kind of grew up together you know, having kids and all that type of stuff. And then we had, our Sunday school teachers were mentors. I mean, they were like second parents to Kelly and I. And so so living through that, mm. especially in our young married uh, years, we saw so much value as we got older and as the kids were growing up. And so that's what we're doing now is um, involved in a young married's class. And so just that's just a treat for us to be able to give back that way because it's, there was so much value in our own, mm-hmm. in our own marriage. Um, and so that's what we do every Sunday and, yeah. and just being in contact with them fairly routinely. Um, and then with the mentors, um, Kelly has one mentor that she's been having dinner with for probably a decade. And her husband is, has been a mentor to us for years. Um, and then we've got a family counselor that has just been a good friend for many years, too. So they're older, wiser, you know, and, and have a whole different life experience than we have that we can glean from. And so that's that's been an encouragement to us. Um, and now that our kids are, are getting married, there's two young ladies that are joining our family. So we've had an opportunity two evenings ago. We had an opportunity to sit down with David and, and Elise. And just it's just been a joy to be able to, to share, and they're looking for guidance, and and it's just a safe place to for them to share, talk about plans, and for us to just have have dialogues, and, and f- quite frankly, for Elise to get to know our family and mm. get to know Kelly and I more, on a on a more intimate basis, not just going to Chick Fil A and seeing her at Chick Fil A. So that's been fun. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think about it because. The, the young couples that Mike and Kelly are involved with, Stacy and I are involved in the same group, and uh, we call it Catapult. Um, and it's so funny to hear them talk about, oh, if we could just get them out of diapers. Diapers are so expensive, and I can't get any sleep and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, wait till you have to pay for car insurance and prom dresses and college and all of this stuff. It's it just... And, and so, boy, how cool is it to be able to walk beside someone who's at a different phase and stage of life and tell them what they have to look forward to. Um, and, and, you know, I say that in jest, but, um, you know, part of what we remind each other, I think, is that we have to find joy in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And and uh, sometimes we'll come in, I know I've been kind of wrestling with some depression or burnout or, or just challenges of late. And so... Um, I'm encouraged by hanging out with these guys, and um, and so we need that from each other. Well, listen, speaking to the whole scripture thing, because a lot of times 
you know, we'll just throw something out. And and boy, something's been grinding on me for the last couple of days is John 15. Um, and so I'm just going to read one through five here. And and let's um, give me a thought that comes to mind about how this hits you right now where you are. John 15, one through five. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That he may bear, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll just stop there because I think that verse five is so powerful. So what that that short passage right there? How does that hit you right now? Speak to you right where you are in life at this time. I I, I can't help but relate it to our whole house purchase because that's yeah it's that's, it's big right now yeah, yeah it's a big thing for us right now. But just the thing that popped into my mind is our discussion about the fact that we are changing things. We made a conscious discussion about, hey, we're going to spend more money on a mortgage, which is going to cut off other spending. And the two fruit things that we've talked about along the lines of the decision are, and I just loved hearing you put out the doormat, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly where our heads are, is we want a comfortable, warm, inviting house that the kids will come back to, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying we're going to put a hot tub out tomorrow, but we're talking about, Hey, let's put a, let's put a hot tub out there, an eight person hot tub and let's have a room for, to, to have some fun together. And so we want the kids to come back and stay and enjoy, you know, even if it's only for a short time. And I think the other, the other aspect of it is, you know, we do a fair amount of entertaining at our house and political entertaining. And so we're thinking of that as a kind of, a part of our ministry and doing that in a way that is more modern and convenient for mm-hmm. us uh, to do. And so we're actively making decisions about pruning different things in our lives, mm-hmm. planning for the next 15, 20 years and how we want that to look, you know, in hopes that it'll produce the fruit that we're looking for, which is maybe new relationships and you know, one aspect of our life and then bringing our kids back home and, and developing a relationship with them and their new wives and their new kids and that kind of stuff, which I see is, you know, on the horizon. Yeah. Mm. So, so it's life stage planning is really right. part of what you're doing here. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's a lot that, that, that's impacting to those uh, scriptures. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, the biggest things I think is just there's, a, um, there's an assurance that we belong to him and that nothing can separate us from him. Um, God is at work. Yeah. God is constantly pruning and changing and challenging us. Um, but that apart from Christ, there's nothing that can be accomplished. And, you know, for us, uh, Lee and I look at each other regularly and say, I don't understand why we just can't get this. You know, I, I, no matter what we do to try to address this or that or the other, with, whether it's with our kids or with our, uh, you know, adult uh, senior parents, it's just sometimes seems impossible Mm. but we always go back to the word god Mm. god has us at this place he's called us to this task he said he'd equip us 
He said that he would uh, work in it, in this, not only for their benefit, but for ours, really for our growth. This is our pruning, yeah. our season of pruning, and it's hard. I mean, it is a challenge. Um, but we know that apart from him, we can't do it all, at all. But with him, we can do all things. So, I mean, this is a great encouragement for us because we know that we're weak, and we know that we mm-hmm. um, are frail, and we know that we uh, ricochet right back to our flesh and mm-hmm. our struggles. But we know that there's one who's at, at work in us to will and do his good pleasure. And he's, he's going to su- not only succeed, but he's going to bring us to rich fulfillment. Yeah. So this is a huge encouragement, this passage. For me, um, I, I have always been physically healthy up until mm. just recently. And it, it's been jolting to me because um, it really has put me face to face with the fact that I'm, I'm not going to live forever. You yeah. know, I've always thought I'll, I'll kind of start thinking that way when I'm in my 80s. <laughs> um, but it really has jolted me. And so for the, the word that keeps jumping out at me, and I, I've memorized 1 through 17 because this has been so impactful. But abiding yeah. is such a, such a rich and powerful word. And when it says abide in me and I in you, when when I dwell on the things that the uncertainties of physical, you know, it could be anything, finances, whatever, um, I really get stirred up with anxiousness or just, you know, what ifing myself to death. And I really get tied up. Mm-hmm. But when I'm when I'm abiding in him, abiding in his word, then my mindset, what I'm dwelling on changes. And so peace that surpasses all understanding comes in and so but but I have to abide I have to choose what to dwell on and so that's what the, this reminds me of is abide in me and I in you mm. he's already in me abide in me um, and that's where that peace and and courage start stirring up yeah yeah I, I would I was going to pick on abide as well because if you read this all the way to the end boy the word abide shows up so many times yep. And and I tell you, one of the things that I find myself doing, sadly, um, I keep my phone downstairs, um, not beside my bed. Uh, But still, in the morning, a lot of times I'll come downstairs to get ready to come to the office, and I will engage my phone before I engage anything else. Mm -hmm. And so this, you know, the, the idea of the vine and the branches the Lord is the is the vine. Jesus is the vine. And so we have to kind of be plugged in. We have to be attached, connected. We have to abide in that to produce the fruit. And that when we are, we will produce the fruit that he wants us to produce. But if that's not where we are abiding or where we are connecting, then we're going to produce a different type of fruit. Absolutely. And 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 so I find myself having to be cautious about what am I what am I sourcing for uh my perspective these days and and uh boy it's a it's a little bit convicting to have mm. to sit here and say man i'm 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 checking facebook too often i'm i'm checking news headlines and um you know there, there's a lot going on with the with the covid stuff and with the with the racial stuff that's going on right now our you know church's response to that but even in the church and even the, you know, our response as Christ followers so often is informed by culture rather than the word. Mm-hmm. 
And so this is just uh, part of what's been hitting me is where am I abiding? What am I sourcing for uh, truth? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you mentioned this earlier, it, it's so easily to, easy <clears throat> to be corrupted. So um, just a good reminder for me. And then and then I've always, I've always, as a matter of fact, next week I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to be talking to a mentor of mine that took me through this. John 15 passage just at a very deep level and I've always been moved by this statement at the end of chat of verse 5 for apart from me you can do nothing mm-hmm. man the starkness of that statement the barrenness of that statement frightens me blunt yeah apart from me you can do nothing you can't do jack that's <laughs> have any eternal value mm-hmm. if you're not connected with me and I think there are just way too many of us who claim the name of Christ who are trying to operate in the flesh, mm-hmm. and we're not sourcing the Scripture. We're sourcing other things and hiding behind our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that, that is part of what has been just uh, haunting me about this passage, I think, is uh, making sure that we're sourcing uh, perspective from the word. Yeah, I think that's so important, even in a day and age in which we live, because right now we're being pulled away. So much of the stuff that we're dealing with yeah. is being dealt with on an emotional response basis. Yeah, they're just like, how do I feel? How does this make me feel? What does this look like? Instead of the, tr- I think the church is um, being challenged. Yeah, and I'm not so sure we're up to the challenge, but we're being challenged to say, well, what is what does the Word of God say yeah. about all these things, and what should our response be? In, in uh, because apart from Christ, none of this will be solved. Right. None of this will go away. But if we're if we're abiding in Christ as a church, this is our our opportunity to shine. This is our, our opportunity to be light in the darkness and really make a difference. But it's got to begin with us and our response and our connection, abiding uh, connection with Christ and, and letting him, we recognize, acknowledging him in all of our ways, saying, Lord, you've got to take this or else we're, we're sunk. Yeah. I, I also, no one does this perfectly. No, no. one mm-hmm. walks perfectly with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so th- that, that can almost be an overwhelming yeah. thought. But then it goes back to verse 2 where it says, And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, mm-hmm. yeah. that it may, may bear more fruit. And so whatever season we're going through, there's hard things, there's suffering, but there's always he's always pruning us to yeah. do better. And so e- even right now with my physical thing, I've been on my knees more, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of and I'm learning patience. So those are things that he's pruning in my life right now so that I can bear more fruit later. So, And that paradox, is that drives us crazy because it's counterintuitive that these, he's going to cut something off in our life so that he can give us more. Yeah. It, it, it just, mm-hmm. from a human flesh perspective, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But It can be frustrating. Yeah. Moral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But he makes us more fruitful. Yeah. Well, listen, in the interest of time, we I probably need to, to bring this to closure. And um, so I, I'm just appreciative to you guys for the relationship for years of hanging out on Friday mornings, eating bagels at Panera and um, the way you've invested in me and my family and uh, in this ministry. It's just a huge blessing to me. And um, 
you know, I'm hopeful that we'll continue to see groups of guys like this. It blesses my heart to walk into a McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or, or somewhere and see groups of guys gathered around the word encouraging each other. And, and so I think one of the things that would make our families healthier, our church healthier, the kingdom healthier, mm. um, and our culture healthier, quite honestly, is to see more men who are willing to meet together, to be honest and open and transparent with each other to seek the wisdom of wise counselors mm. and um, and to value that. So, um, guys, I just appreciate it. Any final word on uh, the value of being in a, in a group of wise guys? Quick comments. Anything? It's more praise and being just being grateful for you guys and the mm. time together. It's yeah. been valuable and, and fruitful in my own life and my marriage and my family. So I, I love you guys. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Very fun. All right, well, we'll bring this to closure. And um, so thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. And I'm hopeful that we'll have your wives together here uh, in a few weeks to talk about their perspective on the value of men getting together. So thanks so much. God bless you, man. Thank you.